something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Y'all ready? Let's go. Welcome, this is Michael Collier's world. Started on Venice Beach, now he reaching the world. He'll make you laugh till your stomach hurts. Super fly, nice guy. And pray if you need the word. Probably dressed to the night. Come on, get ready for the star search winner. An OG three times, this ain't no beginner. Whether you in your house, you on your burger, out to dinner, on your job, in your car, turn it up and hit. Michael Collier. Michael talks to everybody. Michael Collier. Michael talks to everybody. Everybody, it's your boy Michael Kaya. Welcome today. Hello, hello, and hello. Michael talks to everybody today. I want to topic. I want to tackle this. Uh, the topic of what is it called? The bright side, the blind side, the blind, the blind. side. I went and saw the movie. I loved the movie. The story was heartwarming. I loved the big old dude that played him. And one day I was out in public and met that big old dude. I got a chance to say hi and shake his hand. His hand is big as a four toast toaster. And his name is Ohir. How you pronounce his last name? I think it's just Michael Orr. Just it's pronounced Orr. Yeah. Michael Orr, Michael Orr. Okay, so what we want to talk to you guys about today is The Blind Side. It was a movie that came out when? What, what, when that movie came out? Like, whew. Five or six years ago. Oh, girl, you told me you did your research. Well, okay, let me I did just it go on to it. him, but not the movie. Oh, okay. Because when I found out that the movie was lies, it didn't matter. But when did you find out that the movie was lies? 
Well, actually, on your show, the morning show, when they were talking about the blind side, and that piqued my interest. So mm. I started looking into it. Now, here's the Wait. thing that is most interesting. Hold up for one second. So what we're talking to you guys about is The Blind Side. Now, the film came out in 2009. It's a sports drama that was written and directed by John Lee Hancock. Now, here's the thing is that this story tells the story of a white couple who saw a young, struggling black kid who looked like he had no way out in life. And they decided to step up and, and adopt him. You know, and then uh, he, you know, raised up and became a really good football player. And so they did the story about it and you see the movie. And then after the movie runs, and, and at least I'm thinking, oh, my God, these wonderful white people, they saved this brother. Come to find out they did not adopt him. They created a conservatorship, which gives them uh, rights over stuff that he owns. So they own, they have the rights to everything he has. So it wasn't, it ain't, that ain't the same, that ain't even like near an adoption. But now he's figuring it out later and they've made uh, a whole lot of money on the film because they use his story, which was more of a lie than anything else. They use his story to generate the money. Then they took the money and shared it between themselves and their children. I understand they claim he got a portion of the initial money, but they went on to make a gazillion dollars and he didn't get none. And now he's suing. So now Miss Elaine Ballas, who studied this for us, tell us what you got. Okay. First of all, I think we should sort of give a little more backstory. One, and this is what really ires me. Okay. One, he was one of 12 children. So wow. foster care pulled him out. And he went from foster care to foster care, was living on the streets and everything. All he really wanted, and this is what really gets me upset, and then we'll go back to that is he really wanted a family. And what these people did, and I think they should go to jail <laughs> for what they did to a young child who had been living on the street. Somebody found him. I forgot who it was, people that, I guess, through whom he met on the street and got him into this Christian school in Tennessee where it turns out the people who allegedly adopted him, um, their children were in that school. And what happened was he turned out to be such a great sportsman. He was doing three sports while in high school. He was doing track, basketball, and football. Okay, he was just going from couch to couch at friends' houses. Okay, while mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. school. Okay, listen, the 14-page petition was filed in Shelby County, Tennessee, probate court, alleging that Sean and Lee Ann Tui, who took Orr into their home as a high school student, never adopted him. Instead, less than three months after Orr turned 18 in 2004, the petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document making them his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. The petition furthers that 
uh, alleges that the two he's used their power as conservators to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from an Oscar winning film and earned that earned more than 300 million while or got nothing for the story. That would not have existed without him. The story would not exist without him. In the years since, the Tuohys have continued calling the 37-year-old O'Hare their adopted son and have used that assertion to promote their foundation, as well as Leanne Tuohy's work as an author and motivational speaker. The lie of Michael's adoption is one upon which co-conservators Leanne Tuohy and Sean Tuohy have enriched themselves at the expense of their ward, the undersigned. Michael Orr. So talk to me. Okay, but let's go back. That's that's just like the icing on the cake. What really happened was this man who found him, who never really asked for anything, just got him a scholarship into the Christian school. And he was just couch surfing with friends. The Tuohys are very wealthy people. They owned 150. Well, they're more wealthy now because of that movie. But uh, well, they were wealthy then too because they owned. But you know what rich people want, though, right? Restaurants. Okay. More money. More money. More All right, go money. Ahead. Okay. So they had a lot of money. What they did to me was like what somebody would do. They dangled the carrot in front of him. They got him to spend the night more at their house. Then what they did was they took him shopping, bought him all kinds of presents, took him into their house and, you know, kept telling him how much they loved him and he was family. Well, here's a kid who went from foster home to foster home to foster home to the streets, back into foster homes when they found him. And finally... I mean, this is probably what he wanted his whole life, you know, was family and to celebrate the holidays with people. So to me, the biggest deception was right there. What they saw was a cash cow. What he had was interviews. He had um, people soliciting him from every major college to go to college, okay, on a football scholarship. What happened was they saw to it, and this is the NCAA should be looking into this one. They saw sought after their school, their alumni of Old Miss. Old Miss has a reputation of constantly getting their alums to get them the best players. Okay. Now, if that were SC or any schools out here, they would have been on probation. But Old Miss has never been on mm. probation. So what they did, what happened was, and apparently in the movie, because I don't remember, and I was going to try and watch it, but what they did was the NCAA felt that he, they kept saying they were going to adopt him. So when he was going to Old Miss, Old Miss and the NCAA had issues because there were no adoption papers and they couldn't sign for him. In other words, he was already 18, so they couldn't sign for him and take over his conservatorship. So they claim that their lawyers informed them that the best thing to do was get the conservatorship because it was the fastest and it would get him into college. Right. Well, uh, allegedly, or the, yeah, allegedly they tricked them. 
uh, they explained to him, he says, that it pretty much that it meant the same thing as adoptive parents, but that the laws were just written uh, in a way that took my age into account. He, they told him there was no difference between adoption and conservatorship, you know, and so he had a memoir of himself called I Beat the Odds, and they took that, turned it into a book. So uh, here's the last thing. The petition alleged the two began negotiating a movie deal about their relationship, and this is what they got. For all four of them, the two kids and a husband and wife, $225,000 each, plus 2.5% of the film's uh, net proceeds. The movie became critically acclaimed, made $300 million in box office, ten millions, tens of millions more in home sales. The film received all these different awards, and this guy still didn't get none of it. And here's the, here's the sad thing. He needs to get the right representatives. You know, they had the number one agents in the world. They had CAA, Creative Artist Agents, who knows the art of the deal. They probably wrote the book. They know how to put a deal together and what to get for you. He's got a family friend as an agent. Man, you, you, that's David and Goliath right there. Okay, let's go back. They are friends with the agent Who at are CAA. they? Who are they? But worse than that, the Tuies. Oh, the Tuies. Okay. okay, they're friends with they, CAA. Uh -huh. That's their friend who's also, she's one of the lawyers. She's an agent and a lawyer because she does the deal. So like in business affairs. Okay. But worse than that, they got their friend to write the book, The Blind Side. Oh, they got their friend to write the book. Then they went to their friends at CAA, and they had a deal to cut all them in, but cut out the brother. You know, let me tell you something. I don't know what this whole thing is, but for some reason, an awful lot of white folks be adopting black kids. Now, I, I don't know of any adoptions where famous black folks have adopted white kids. They probably have, but I haven't seen it. But we got Angelina Jolie, Charlize Theron, Hugh Jackman, Madonna, Steven Spielberg, Tom Cruise. No, Tom Cruise, he, he didn't realize that that was a child. He was. He thought it was Kevin Hart. But anyway, uh, Tom Cruise, Mar Mariska Hargitay, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sandra Bullock, she got two kids, Louis and Lila. Lila. And all these are adopting black. Why do you think they're doing that? I didn't know that Michelle Pfeiffer, I thought her little girl was mm -mm. white. Mm -mm. She may have a white one, black. too, but she adopted a black child as well. Because I went to oh, the okay. list of who, who, what famous stars adopted black children, and that was she's in that grouping. But when we come back from this break, I want to know your take on it. Why do you think so many white celebrities are adopting black kids? Is that like a... A puppy, a poodle, is it like well, a, a, a little um, show off? Something you can say, hey, you can see I'm real. I got a black child. I, what? Why are they doing that when there's so many folks that's uh, white that they could adopt who could use it? And how come more black people aren't adopting more white kids? Oh, we'll be right back. It's, it's all so confusing to me. Thank God my mom and my dad raised me. And for anybody who's having any challenges with family and struggle, I keep telling you the same thing. Keep God first. It's going to be all right. The answer, the solution is right there. Be right back. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. 
and we're black. I mean, no, not today. I'm here with Elaine Ballas, who is decidedly not black. And I'm your boy, Michael Kai, who I am. That's my friend. And we go way back. We did a uh, show together for four seasons uh, with Victoria Rowell. Victoria Rowell, the great actress, writer, producer, director, did all of that. She wrote it, starred in it, directed it, produced it, you know. And um, it's a great soap opera. What was it called? The Rich and the Ruthless. Come on, somebody, the rich and the ruthless. And I was both of them. Well, I wasn't rich, but I was awfully ruthless. And she is an actress, and she's also uh, the sports person on my morning show because she knows what goes down with sports. Elaine Ballas, what do you think is what the phenomenon of white folks adopting black kids? And are they all doing it out of the kindness of their heart, or are they trying to bring a pull a tui so that they can make money off of the idea? Okay. Sandra Bullock, the first one that she adopted, she claimed she adopted because of the movie The Blind Side. The rest... What? Yeah, she claimed that's why she did it. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize that. Okay, okay. go ahead. So her first one, The Boy, Louie or something. Right, right, Louis. Yeah, Louis. Okay, and so... Okay, in, I want to say then that something good did come out of the blind side is that a black child did get adopted by a white lady who's going to look out for him. All right, go ahead. Okay. So why Steven Spielberg and um, Steven Spielberg, did Tom Hanks adopt one or no? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Tom Hanks did. Well, that was probably because of Steven Spielberg because they're, whatever one does, the other does, it seems. Because they're (laughs) best friends. And so... There was also a time, and I'm not sure of all the adoptions, Tom Cruise was the first one they were supposed to get was a boy, but then something happened and they didn't get him, so they got a girl, and then they got the boy, and I think they were just wanting to adopt. So what happened was a lot of them were going to Eastern Europe to get children, But then um, Russia, Putin put a stop to it. And you couldn't adopt white children, okay? So then I guess those who wanted kids or thought that they were doing good, you know, by adopting a black person. And I mean, another one who's adopted is Colin Kaepernick. Are you adopted by white folk? So sometimes it turns out okay. Sometimes it turns out okay. Michelle Pfeiffer adopted a black girl. Her daughter is stunning. She is beautiful. She looks like she's about 23. Yes. Well, you can't say that no more because I'm showing you right now. That's her daughter. Right there. Yeah, y'all can't see it at home because y'all listening to it. But yeah, she, you know, I mean, I think that most people did it with the right thing in mind. They really want to do something to be helpful. But then no matter where things are done that are helpful, there's always those snakes that figure out a way to get in and manipulate the system, which takes us back to the, the mother and father, uh, the uh, or should I say the conservators of Michael Tui. So he's in no, court saying Michael what? Or, I'm sorry, Michael yeah. O-H-E-R, Michael Orr. So he's in court saying, what? what is it that he wants? He wants his portion of the money? Does he want his name back? What does he want? Well, he wants his portion of the money, and he wants the conservatorship to end. And um, they claim, this is where I said it got really iffy. They claim they okay. did not take any of his NFL money. Oh, okay. But, but did, he claim, did he claim they did? 
Well, he claimed that they had conservatorship over everything. So if he had right. any deals or anything else through the NFL, whatever monies came through, but they're claiming there was no money once he hit the NFL. So then now it came out on Reddit two days ago that they never had intentions of ever adopting him. They just looked at him as another business deal. And it just, it breaks my heart because he was so vulnerable and wanting it so badly. He proved he could make money. God gave him the talent. God gave him the strength to get through. And for people to take advantage of someone like that. So what does he want? Well, he, he does want the money name? from the movie. and. I assume the book, because the book was a big fat lie, too, and um, their book, The Blind Side. And um, the lawyer at CAA will no longer, you know, take calls or anything. And um, he just, I kind of like what happens when people are in abused relationship. They'll stay because there's something else they're looking for. He's not really the one going around bad-mouthing them. They're the ones going around bad-mouthing him. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to watch and see how this story develops. I feel sad about that because I fell in love with him when I saw the story, which made me dig that couple for doing what I thought was a great thing. But as it turns out, they're just part more of the rip-off society. And and what they also did, according to him, of everything I read, he goes, I was not stupid like that. I was not ignorant. I, you know, could read and write. Mm -hmm. And they made him out to be like a goofus in the movie. Yeah, like he wasn't very smart. Right. It was a big lug just walking along. Thank God we holding your hand. Um, wow. Yeah, and his heart was broken more than anything because when he found out that it was just a conservative ship and they never intended on adopting him, it broke his heart because he had never had family. He had never, although he had brothers and sisters, 11 of them, he never was in a stable family. And he thought, here were some people who actually want me for me. I have value. They're going to love me. They're going to lift me up and work with me. But the whole time, in the back of their mind, they was like, ching, ching, wonder how much we're going to get. Now, all of this is alleged. And since I'm on a national forum, let me make that clear. We're only alleging this. I can't prove nothing. I'm just going by the stories I read and the stuff that Missy Lane told me. Thank you. Missy Lane. That, they're just the stories that I read. All the information that I read about them and him, it's just all alleged because we aren't any of those people. <laughs> oh, you trying to make sure you don't get no lawsuit either. I see what you're doing. I, I see what you're doing over there. Um, I can't afford CMA lawyers. <laughs> oh, my God. Can anybody? Yeah, unless you already they client. Can anybody? Well, this was good. I really want to talk about this because... I do feel like there was some type of injustice done here. And I think exactly the injustice is what he said, that they tricked him and told him he's getting adopted, but they were just really hooking up a conservative ship so they can have control of whatever he could earn. And, you know, rich people shouldn't be doing that. They already got their own money. You know, I had a 
I would have had a better feeling about them if they were poor people. At least they need to rip somebody off. You know, when I'm running down the street with that loaf of bread, I need that loaf of bread. Try to sympathize with me. But if I'm running down the street with two watches I stole from the store and I got $20 million in the bank, please whoop my ass and send me to jail. So uh, I praying, I'm praying for Michael or Michael Orr, O-H-E-R, to come out on the bright side of this. I hope he benefits from it. But most importantly, I hope he can get back to feeling good about himself because he a grown-ass man now. And, and he has children once you grown, now. Yeah, once you're grown, you can no longer be still going, well, my mama did this, my daddy did that. Whatever they did now, now you got to work it out because you all the way grown. So we'll see y'all in court. At any rate, tell people how they can find you. Well, they can find me on your show on Monday mornings Woo. for sure. I love your show. I think it's wonderful and have so much fun. It's just been great. You add a lot of light to it. You add an awful lot of light and a lot of life to it. We're glad to have you oh, on. Well, I love it. Dallas. And they can come see me if they're in the Los Angeles area. On October 1st at the Ventura County Jail Fairground. Yeah. Oh, at the, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the fairgrounds because I'll be signing my book, How to Write a Book Can't Be Lane Style with Oreo. Nice. So that's good. And that, then if they can't do any of that, then they can find me on Instagram at Elaine Ballas, X at Elaine Ballas, and Facebook at Elaine Ballas. But I am having so much fun, and I hope Michael Orr can raise the money and get a writer and redo the movie called My yes. Side. Half Blind. Call it Half Blind. No, My okay. Side. <laughs> oh, instead of Blind Side, My Side. I get it. I love it. Or oh, even better, it will be called I See Your Ass. I See Your Ass. That would be good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Miss Elaine. Thank you. And I'll see you on my Kai Morning Show Monday with our uh, updates. You're always ready to give us in sports. Always your ready. fabulous. And thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Goddess. I appreciate you. Hey, y'all, it's Michael Talks to Air Body. That's E-R-R-B-O-D-Y. Three shows a week are brand new. So y'all need to be checking them out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on iHeart. If you don't have iHeart, get it. Quick fast and in a hurry also um missy lane i just love her i love how she generates energy and light i love how she talks she just makes it easy and fun to talk about anything so we're gonna see y'all next time be good to yourself keep god first remember life is a garden if you dig it i'm your boy michael kai you've been talking to michael talk to everybody at least you've been listening to it i hope you know they're talking to the phone just looking at the radio and talking just having conversations okay gotta go bye I had a good time today. I hope y'all did too, man. Thank y'all for checking us out here at Michael Talks to Everybody. Hey, you can follow me, man. I'm easy to follow. I'm on Instagram, just under at Michael Kaya. I'm on TikTok. That's Michael Kaya 135. I have a very sexy webpage called TheRealMichaelKaya.com. You know, you go over there, you can find out about my merchandise and what I'm doing and where all my shows are. Everything is right there. 
Or if you really love me, you can go to my cash app. That's dollar sign, Michael Kaya's money. I'm playing with y'all, but I accept green stamp, food stamp, Canadian money. I'll take your bus transfer if you got some time left on it. And my morning show, oh my goodness, the Michael Kaya morning show. That's 7 a.m. Pacific time, yo, five days a week. This has been a Raylock Group production. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.